This is Jim Minion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show, a show that talks about all things barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your quarterfinal PSAC Athletic Conference Tuesday. That's what you see on your video screen here. I didn't think it was actually going to get this far into the match where I would have to start the show. thought we were actually going to get our asses handed to us. But uh, coming back from 0-2, we are now 17, uh, up 17-11 here in set number four. Best of five against East Stroudsburg University. If you want to get in touch with the show, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, he is a Barbecue Hall of Famer. He is a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer. He is the first, I'm sorry, the third Tuesday of the month regular guest spot here on this show. A prolific, the most prolific book writer when it comes to live fire cooking out there today. TV show host, cooking class instructor, the list goes on and on. Stephen Reichlin will be joining us, and we have plenty of things to talk about with Stephen, not the least of which... Uh, which is uh, a whole bunch of Thanksgiving stuff because, folks, if you didn't know it, Thanksgiving is coming up in just over a week. So make sure you have everything ready to go. Stephen and I will make sure that you are in best efforts to get your Thanksgiving heading in the right direction. Then, after Stephen bumped him up from the second hour because we had a scheduling redo, usually you'll find Robin Lindar's The Grill Girl following Stephen Reich on Third Tuesday. Uh, She's begged off and will rejoin us next week. Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers will be joining us instead at 935. And we'll talk to him about this past weekend's Smithfield National Barbecue Cup or uh, Barbecue Contest, which was a, uh, you know, billing itself as uh, crowning a overall national barbecue champion regardless of sanctioning body. So if you weren't Listening to any of the reads that I have done through the course of the year, calling about uh, calling attention to the national barbecue, then you're not paying any attention, or you're fast forwarding through all of the reads. Shame on you! But Sterling Ball, a big part of that, and we'll talk to him about the contest, uh, how it went over the course of the three day cook. Obviously, there was a scoring error that was brought to my attention on Sunday that we quickly rifled through, found it to be a simple uh, user's error, but we will not gloss over that, and we will address it. Give it its just due for the uh, two or three minutes that it really deserves because we're not going to uh, allow it to mar what was otherwise a great contest. But we will talk about it. And Sterling uh, was very upfront saying that he wanted to answer uh, any and all questions. So we will talk with Sterling Ball 935. Then at 1014, as we press into that second hour, we will find a friend of show. He is Weber's product manager and grill master. And if you have been off social media the last 48 hours, especially Instagram and Facebook, then you have missed basically what is the entrance of Weber's products into the pellet cooker market. It's called the Smoke Fire. In a lot of senses, it's a 
another pellet cooker. In some other senses, it's a little bit different than what you would normally see. From the nuts and the bolts, the configuration, the look, where the pellet hopper is located, all these things. Uh, Weber putting their own twist on it. Also, as you look at it, aesthetically, the f- think the first thing you think of is, hey, that's a Weber. No doubt about it. Porcelain coated, black. You have shininess on it, all the good stuff. And Kevin will be joining us to talk about the pellet cooker and how the introduction went over the last two days. And then we'll really get into the nuts and bolts of it, right? Price points, sizes, when can you get it, what sets it apart. So I have Kevin coming in at 1014, but there's a very good chance that uh, we will run over the allotted first segment and then press into the second segment, assuming he's got nothing better to do. And, you know, it is a little cold in Chicago right now, so you might want to stay inside and hang out and chat with the Barbecue Central show and all the Central lights here. So that's what's happening this evening, 216-220-0966 if you want to get in. Greg at the BBQ Central Show is your email address. Quick scoring update. If you are watching here, Seton Hill, which is the team we want to win, up 21-18 in this set. Service going into the net. And that'll bring it to 22-18. Oh, my. It looks like this one's going to be pressing to a fifth and final set. And as we all know, the fifth set, a race to 15. As senior Taylor Sable is entering in with a serve. And that is out. Oh, dear. Service error. That is a momentum breaker. 22-19 as they continue on in the fourth set. They're playing in East Stroudsburg, which is like an hour and 25 minutes away from New York City. So if we didn't have shown. If this was a Friday night, we might be at East Stroudsburg and then a quick trip into the city. That's right. Take, uh, take on some food and sights and sounds, all the good stuff. So... You're going to have to kind of self-indulge me here as I see what's going to happen here in the fourth set, and then I'll take it off here. But in the open, I figure we'll just share with everybody. Oh, that's a tip. 22-20. Stroudsburg mounting a little bit of a momentum comeback here. Uh, If you can follow me socially, if you're not, I would really like it if you would. At BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter is a timeout's called there on the volleyball floor. You can also follow me on Facebook, slash BBQ Central Show there. Also a live feed, a video on Facebook. One of the continuing topics on this show has been the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I'm scrolling through to see if a... Okay, this isn't the one I was thinking about. But fast food fans have been desperately... Again with the ad blocker, I swear... I wouldn't have to use an ad blocker if you didn't run 7 billion ads on your stupid clickbait web page. Fast food fans have been desperately trying to get their hands on Popeye's hugely popular chicken sandwiches after it returned a week or so ago. Videos show a man being, uh, show a man leaping out of his vehicle to punch another, staff spilling out of a branch as they fight. And even altercations once customers made it inside the restaurants. This sandwich has really taken over. And uh, this time around, I mean, while there were long lines and uh, not enough supply and all this stuff, the last time during the summer, we've seen a tremendous amount more violence this round here as we approach the high holiday season. There have been shootings and stabbings. There have been riots. From a strictly physical standpoint, man, oh man, uh, I don't remember the last time I have seen such violence spill over for a fast food chicken sandwich. By the way, I would like to say that if you missed the show last week, I did have Daniel Vaughn on in the second hour, a well-respected and the first barbecue editor in the country full-time at Texas Monthly, by the way. Widely respected to be kind of a food expert. People learn or lean on him for food knowledge. And when I pressed him about if he had had the chicken sandwich, uh, A, yes, he did. He did say that he wasn't really willing to wait in line, per se. That's going to be four. Damn it. 22-21. He said he wouldn't wait in line. However, there was a Popeye's that he was passing. There was one in line car ahead of him he stopped grabbed the chicken sando pulled off to the side ate it and then proceeded to give it a seven out of ten overall rating and this isn't seven out of ten 
on uh, on the fast food scale. Okay, this was seven out of ten all time food he has ever eaten in his life on a scale of one being the worst and ten being the most prolific thing you've ever put in your mouth ever. He gave it a seven out of ten. So he was really on board, really pro chicken sando. And I'm here to tell you that within the week's span that has taken place, I have not. Andrew, you are not the I have not even really thought about trying to A, find a Popeyes. And I don't have to find a Popeyes that hard. There's one five minutes from my house in Euclid. And I've never thought twice about going and grabbing the chicken sando. And it's, I'm not being a tough guy, and I'm just going to not do it now, all blah, blah, blah. Forget that. I just, it's just not on the top of my head. I'm missing out on it, I guess. I did find time on Wednesday, though, to go to Larder Delicatessen, a James Beard Award-nominated deli, and get their fried chicken sando, which is life-changing. Hey, let me talk to you about Big Papa Smokers because he's going to be on in the next segment. Not uh, He'll be on after Steven. If you're looking to improve the flavor of your competition barbecue or your home barbecue, you got to try their seasonings. 13 perfectly balanced flavors, as we know. They also have a great partnership with Steph Franklin and the folks over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Oh, my God. BigPapaSmokers.com is the website if you want rubs. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're sick of the same old, same old, you might want to give Granny's a try. Now, they do have the hardware as well. You want cookers? They got all kinds of cookers. If you like pellet cookers, we're going to be talking about pellet cookers tonight in the second hour. They are the online retailer for Mac pellet cookers, right? You know they are. Easy to use. Mac 2-Star General pellet cooker is what... Sterling uses, Meathead uses that as well. If you're not a fan of pellet cookers, try the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what kind of grill you need, all you have to do is go over to BigPapaSmokers.com and take a look at what they have. You can also ask them any questions that you want before you buy. 877-828-0727. Damn it! 877-828-0727. Or shop the website BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We're going to be heading out here for just a second as we rile up Stephen Reichlin. We're 23-23 in East Stroudsburg. And they are on serve. Set to Parks. That's not going to cut it. Back over to Stroudsburg. The block is up, but the block is out. Now they're up 24-23 for set and match point. We'll keep it right here. I'm feeling like the call right now. 24-23, this is match point. Farian rotates out. Libero for East Stroudsburg is going to be on serve here. And the ref calls for the ball. It's do or die right now. Serves up and over. Short up. Sable sets Lavorce. She's blocked. Lavorce back over on two. East Stroudsburg back set. That's not going to cut it. Lavorce up. And it's blocked back down. Sable back up. Parks is going to have to do something with it. That's going to creep over on East Stroudsburg side. And the right side is going to put it out. Now we're tied back up at 24. Oh, my. We're going to break. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Had to turn it off. I don't know how that's going to work out. Oh, that's heartbreaking. All right, this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, and seasonings, barbecue sauce, and grilling oils, all Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood, your cul-de-sac, whatever you like. 
ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. And you should always trust your butcher. By the way, Butcher's Barbecue and Dave Bosca has a brand new podcast out. So if you like barbecue-related podcasts, then that is one you're going to want to check out. I think you can just go to ButcherBBQ.com and uh, catch the first episode, which is with the son, Levi Bosca. And they talk about the Butcher Barbecue stand. Very cool stuff. Central Lights, the third Tuesday of the month, means a visit from a Barbecue Hall of Famer and a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer, multiple Halls of Fames is this guy, Stephen Reichel. Hey, Stephen. How you doing? I'm absolutely fabulous, Stephen. Appreciate you making time for the show, as always, as we lead into the Thanksgiving holiday just a little over a week away. And certainly, we'll get into that here in a second. But if you would allow me to pull out the proverbial soapbox for one Stephen Reichel, and I told you in advance that I was going to at least try and pick your brain a little bit about this phenomenon known as the Popeye's chicken sandwich, and I'm interested in your take on this phenomenon. Where are you standing on it? Well, I'm uh, standing in ignorance because I have to confess I have never been to a Popeye's. Uh, I do not do set fast food, period. So uh, if you ask me about McDonald's, if you ask me about Burger King, if you ask me about uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, I would draw a blank. So you're just not a fast food, like have you just never eaten fast food or you just made it a edict to not be a part of it? I think the last time I went to a fast food joint was maybe when I was 13 or 14. No, it's just not, really? you know, I'm a made from scratch guy and a, and a quality food guy. I just <laughs> don't do fast food. So between, if, if the option was fast food or nothing, you would choose nothing until you could do it the way you wanted to. Fast food or fasting, I would take fasting. Wow, all right. I like fasting anyway. It's a kind of a, it's a, a vacation. Absolutely. Stephen Reichlin joining us here. Are you uh, into any crazy diet stuff, like you do keto or uh, any of those uh, wacky things? No, uh, I eat for pleasure. I try and eat in a healthy manner. I, uh, I, I try and remember the words of uh, Julia Child, who was asked about, uh, you know, butter and cream and eggs. Uh, and uh, she said moderation. And I try and eat uh, moderation in all things. But for me, food is above all about pleasure. Stephen Reichler joining us here on the show as he does the third Tuesday of every month. BarbecueBible.com is website. All right, Stephen, so let's go ahead and run through the Thanksgiving stuff by, here. By, yep, yep. by the way, if I, if I just may say, I don't mean to sound like a snob. It's just it's just not something I do. It just never appealed to me, and uh, and I never got it. Yeah, I don't think there's any need to, to qualify or, or worry about sounding like a snob. You, As I always say, people should eat what they want to eat, and uh, I'm a big believer in moderation. Uh, sometimes... I've learned that things are okay to eat and maybe some things like I've completely cut out pop and I used to be a huge or soda, depending on how you say it, depending on where you are in the country. But I used to drink uh, five and six and maybe seven cans of soda at a time. And uh, now I've you know, completely cut it out and I feel much better for it. Obviously, the processed sugar and all that stuff is also a, a side benefit, the money savings. So, you know, I, but I believe in, in moderation as well. And what I've come to find with pop is kind of weird. It, it's really, I, it's not that I liked the sugar or the caffeine or anything like that. I just like the fuzzy part of the water. So I just started drinking mm. seltzer water and that pretty much fixed everything. Hey, that's where I am too. I love it. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, start tackling some Thanksgiving stuff here. And we have 2019 Thanksgiving coming up for the Reichlands. First, where does Thanksgiving rate on your overall holiday celebrations of all the other ones that are through the course of the calendar year? Certainly in the top three. Uh, <laughs> love Thanksgiving. I love Turkey. Uh, I love uh, all the foods associated with Thanksgiving. Uh, I used to love the weather when I lived in New England, that crisp cool. Of course, I live in Miami now, so it's always a little bit disconcerting and disconnecting to uh, have Thanksgiving when it's 80 degrees out and you're sitting under the shade of palm trees. But uh it's uh, but but I will tell you one thing. You know, I know there's been kind of a lot of uh, a lot of buzz about spatchcocking a chicken, mm. uh, spatchcocking a turkey. I mean, yep, and yep. that is one dish you will never find on the Reichland holiday table. Why not? I think a bird's 
It should be whole. It should be beautiful. You eat with your eyes as well as your palate. And when you spatchcock a turkey, to me, it looks like you ran over it with a steamroller. See, now I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and and give you the counterpoint to that. Uh, aside from it cooking more quickly and in my estimation more evenly because everything's laying flat i mean not totally evenly but more evenly than if you had the void in it i think the presentation of a spatchcock bird is a little bit more satisfying to my eyeball when i lay it out there because you can see uh everything just laying there and from an ease of butchery standpoint you can take that turkey down uh much more easily than you would a whole bird that now you're going to have to work with as it you know sits without its head and legs or feet. Well, you know what? I'm not. I'm not sure everything should be easy. And there is a great ceremony in the carving of a turkey, and it usually falls to uh, a senior member of the family. And uh, it's a tradition that is passed on from uh, father to son, or from mother to daughter. And uh, I like that ceremony. I don't. You know, I think there's certain certain meals that shouldn't be easy, and Thanksgiving is one of them. All right, so let's talk about the. My goodness, I, I'm a I'm a real contrarian tonight. Yeah, I'm telling you, Stephen, I've never met such a big snob in my life. Oh my god, I'm under protest now. Um, let's talk about the star of the whole show. That would be the turkey. Well, I mean, you know, I guess everybody's star might be different on Thanksgiving. It could be the cranberry sauce that comes out of a jar, which I love, but. Uh, that's probably a different story for a different day. What? Uh, what? Is that you the, mean you it, don't start? You, you don't start with cranberries and make no. your cranberry sauce. Well, yourself? much much like your cranberry out of a jar. Much like you're carving a turkey and passing it down to generation to generation. For generations, uh, at least as I was growing up, cranberry came out of the tin can and had all the rib sides to it, and you cut it in a circular disc slurped it down and it was utterly delicious and that's what thanksgiving was to me believe it or not you know what you know what you're absolutely right and i think we're going to add a can of uh cranberry sauce to our homemade cranberry sauce Mm. just for tradition and in my family you know we used to do my aunt actually used to carve a smiley face into the end of one of those slices nice you know just because you could that's right um so uh, let's go ahead and, and talk turkey here just for a second pardon the pun from a a size standpoint, I think there majestically is this fascination with a 20 and 22 and 25 pound bird and it takes up 98% of the oven and there's the whole Norman Rockwell picture that everybody builds in their minds. But what's your target size for turkey? Man, I like a 12 to 14. Uh, I think you can control the cooking more easily. You can brine it more easily, uh, carve it more easily. And if you have uh, a large enough crowd that you need twice that much, <laughs> I'd rather go with two birds that size than one jumbo bird. Uh, from a frozen or fresh turkey, uh, I had talked to Meathead last year, and he had given me a, a bit of information that I wasn't necessarily familiar with, and he said, you know, really, what you want to get is a frozen bird because this whole fresh concept is a little convoluted in the fact that you, you know the birds can be taken down to a certain temperature that are past they're that are trending more towards frozen, uh, but because they're staying within that guideline, they can technically still be called fresh, and that the the taste isn't as good. But a frozen bird is a frozen bird. They whack it, they freeze it, boom, and then. All you have to do is allow for the thawing time. Your thoughts on fresh or frozen birds? Well, once again, I'm going to disagree with Meathead, which is something I do fairly often. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would much, I would much rather have a fresh bird. All right, uh, and uh, I would much rather have uh, an heirloom bird, uh, which is uh, you know one of those old timey varieties that was raised for flavor and not just for enormous uh, enormous breast size. Is that a um, is that a specialty get somewhere? Like you got to know some place that sells those. Well, there are different companies that sell heirloom birds. Crowd Cow is one. Um, you know, there are many companies on the internet. I think on my website, as a matter of fact, we've got uh, s- sources for uh, heirloom uh, heirloom birds. Uh, but you know, I, I think having dispensed with the uh, uh, misguided notion of spatchcocking. By the way, I like uh, spatchcocking <laughs> chicken, spatchcocking game hen. That's fine. I love it. Turkey. You know, Norman Rockwell, I visited that museum a couple of weeks ago, and 
I love the sight of a whole roast turkey. Uh, but in terms of cooking, I mean, there uh, I'm I'm very flexible. You know, sometimes I brine, sometimes I roast, sometimes I smoke, sometimes I stuff butter or truffle uh, and truffles or herbs under the skin. Uh, sometimes I spit roast. You know, uh, I think there the turkey, the the flavor results are different. The textures are different, but all are wondrous. I think Turkey and and maybe justly so gets a rap for not having a tremendous amount of flavor. And what I I'm just, what? Yes. I think, I think it, I think there's a perception that Turkey when you bite into it, doesn't smack you in the face with a huge amount of flavor. Um, so well, people- let's think about the poultry. Let's think about the poultry packing order. Okay, game hen, chicken. I mean, they taste like chicken. Right. Uh, turkey has a lot more flavor. Maybe yeah, the duck has maybe more flavor. It's a different oh, flavor. Yeah. Wait. No, it's not better or worse. It's just different. Duck squab has a lot of flavor. Um, no, I think turkey has a very distinctive flavor. Do you think people feel the need to um, jump on it with a whole bunch of extra seasonings, injections, uh, adding all sorts of kooky things to brines and this stuff to enhance flavor? Or are, the, are people potentially overdoing it? Um, well, I think it depends on your turkey. You know, If you're using a frozen, uh, inexpensive supermarket turkey, well, first of all, if you're using one of those, it's probably already been injected, sure. injected with a saline solution right. to give it more flavor. Uh, but, you know, I would say the better, you know, if you're really getting a farm bird or an heirloom bird, um, you want to support its flavor and not camouflage its flavor. Let's talk about brining because that's always a huge question that I get. I'd rather direct them to an expert. Uh, talk to me about the uh, just the high level of brining and then uh, amount of time to brine. Well, I like brining because it uh, it makes your meat more moist and more tender. And that's one of those, you know, if you just go with a pretty simple salt, sugar, brine, um, you wind up supporting the flavor of the turkey without overpowering it. Uh, so... I'm a big uh, uh, proponent of brining. But uh, last year, you know, what we did last year is loosen the skin from the body. We put uh, uh, fresh herbs and sliced truffles uh, under the skin with butter. And uh, and we uh, indirect grilled it, and it was absolutely fabulous. Is there a, a defined brining time? Like, do you want to do it for at least X amount of hours, but not more than X amount of hours? Uh, yeah, on that twelve-pound bird that we do, we do uh, we do about a twenty-four-hour brine on it. I find that's enough, and it's not too much. Can you get to a point where and, the um, where the meat becomes mushy? I hear that a lot. Like people yeah. will steer away yeah. from brining because it can get a little mushy. Yeah, and if you overbrine it or it's too salty, uh, that can make the meat. It, it can denature the meat. Mm-hmm. You know, which is controlled denature is good, but. Too, too much denaturing just makes it taste like uh, turkey roll, not actual turkey. Hey, you know what? I know our time is short, and I wanted to actually talk about something else that we do at our holiday. And now that right. we're rolling into the holiday season, and I don't know about where you are, but they're already playing Christmas music in uh, the stores down here. No it isn't even Thanksgiving yet. Yep. Uh, but cocktails uh, is uh, has been on my mind lately. It's the, the blog we're running this week on barbecuebible.com, and in particular, smoked cocktails. All right. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I ha- I, this time of year, I pull out my smoking gun, which is uh, a tool that's a, it's a handheld smoker. And we love to use it for making uh, smoked Manhattans, uh, Dragon's Breath is another smoked cocktail where you actually smoke the uh, brandy sifter. What is that? Um, smoked eggnog. Uh, brandy sifter? Dragon's Breath. Oh, like, well, uh, how do you make that? Oh, Dragon. Oh, it's a cocktail. It's, uh, it's made with simple syrup and, uh, and mezcal and lime juice. Uh, the recipe is in my book, uh, Project Smoke, and actually in this blog that we did today. <laughs> but smoking is, you know, smoke has kind of been called the umami of barbecue. And when you smoke a cocktail, 
you take something that's sort of familiar and you drink it sometimes without thinking about it. And it, and all of a sudden it makes you think about how delicious, like the combination of, uh, vermouth and rye whiskey or bourbon and a maraschino cherry, how delicious and, and, and brilliant that combination is in a Manhattan, <laughs> uh, or if you, uh, you know, you smoke a margarita, I mean, all of a sudden you're just, you sort of rediscover the dish it's in a in a new way that that's what I love about smoking I mean that's what I love about smoking with everything whether you're smoking uh mayonnaise or you could smoke the heavy cream that goes into your turkey gravy um, what about smoked ice uh, you smoke ice I have smoked ice yeah. I both smoked the ice cubes and then I discovered uh after trying to keep them cold like crazy, you could just smoke the water and then freeze it, and that gives you uh, the same effect. And then you just use like a uh, an ice pick to jagger it up to put in your cup. Yeah, either that, or if you smoke the water, you can just put it in ice cube shape, oh, okay. and then yeah. when it comes out of the ice cube shape, it's smoked. But another cool thing you can do, you know, is you smoke the glass. So you take, let, let's say, you're using a brandy snifter, or you could use, um, you know, and. Uh, tall boy or any kind of uh, highball or any kind of uh, glass, you turn it upside down, you fill it with smoke using your smoking gun, and you set it down on, uh, on a coaster, let the smoke kind of coat the inside of the glass. And then when you make your cocktail in it, bam, you're getting, you're getting an amazing smoke flavor. But it's not overpowering? Like To me, when you're talking smoking gun, I'm thinking of white, like pungent smoke. Yeah, if you do it right, it's not at all. Well, first of all, I mean, remember, you can control it. You usually need to smoke anything with a smoking gun, uh, at least two four-minute smoke sessions, sometimes three. So you can control how much smoke you put in it. It's a lot less smoke, and it's a lot cleaner smoke, actually, than a poorly lit smoker. All right, and uh, and the flavor is there to enhance, uh, aside from the... Manhattans and you said uh, smoked margarita and the dragon's breath. Is there any other good cocktails that you're going to be enjoying over Thanksgiving? Well, this time of year, eggnog, you know, and you smoke the eggnog. Uh, Eggnog is is so gross, Stephen. I mean, there's no way you like egg. I can't believe that. Wait. It's gross. We're talking about. We're talking about homemade eggnog, where you take 12 egg yolks and you're uh, beating them to a pale ribbon with uh, uh, a mixer for about 15 minutes, and then you're beating in brandy and rum and bourbon, mm. and then you're folding in whipped cream and beaten egg whites, and you're te- I mean, freshly grated nutmeg on top, and you're telling me that's gross? After final review. Greg, Greg. After final review. Greg, um, yes. No, Greg. It's gross. Greg, Greg. Yes. Um, I'm seriously, um, <laughs> Dan, if I'm not going to get on a plane and come to Cleveland, and first we're going to eat caviar, and I'm going to make sure you learn how to appreciate that. Yes. And then you're going to try my eggnog. Well, it and sounds- I promise me, I promise you. You won't give me that ugly buzzer anymore. Right. You'll be begging for my eggnog. It sounds like that might be my Christmas present in the making, uh, mm-hmm. without a doubt. We're talking with <laughs> Stephen Reichland, and we have covered Thanksgiving for you. You are welcome. You can find Stephen over at his website, barbecuebible.com, and you find him right here on the third Tuesday of every month. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and we will talk to you again next month. Happy Thanksgiving to you, and it's always a pleasure. Take care. You got it. There he is, Stephen Reichland. Having a little fun this evening here is Stephen Reichland. We uh, typically aren't uh, so adversarial on viewpoints, but hey, I mean, that's what makes this whole live fire thing go round, right? We all have our separate opinions, and at the end of the day, we get along. Nobody's fighting each other. I'm going to email him after the show is over and tell him one of the best appearances ever. I love adversarial. It's my favorite. That's my favorite. By the way, if you're not on the YouTube chat, uh, Seton Hill goes down in four sets, unfortunately. Uh A shame. So they're out of the uh, PSAC conference tournament, and now we'll wait and see if they still qualify for the Division II NCAAs. Looking pretty good, though. And we're back with Sterling Ball right after this.
to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more info or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase if you want. I don't know why you would do that, but you can go to Amazon.com if you want to. That's CookinPellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N, CookinPellets.com. My next guest on the show needs only three words of introduction. Big uh, Papa Smokers. That's Sterling Ball, by the way. Hey. Hello, Greg. How are you, Sterling? I'm pretty good. I mean, a, a triple header isn't our... Is, I mean, the teams were beat we're just bright. We're just going right into it, right? No small talk. Let's just like make like a baby and head out. How you doing today, Greg? Great. No any trucks? Great. No, not today. No, any truck? no not today. It's been a bad Wednesday. You know, Fred, bad Tuesday. Bad Tuesday. Fred, hey, Fred yep. might have some extra money. Yeah, no doubt. Fred might have all the money after this past week. A lot of winning going on from Fred Robles down at uh, Rio Valley. So, uh, look, um, Hans- we're, we're going to... Handsome and wealthy. Yeah. We could do a whole. Se- you and I could do a whole segment on Fred and why he's very great, and everything that he's won and all that stuff. But let's talk about us. Yeah, no. Um, well, let me let me just remind you. You did ask me how I was doing, and I started to tell you, and you cut me off. Yeah, but you just you just jumped right into it. I I did. I wanted to lead you down I, the primed rose path. Okay, well let me let me make it easy for you. Go how ahead. am I doing? I'm tired. Oh, I bet you are. Long three days, four days, five. I mean, how how early do you show up for that? Wednesday. Ooh. All right. Didn't you get back on a Monday? Yesterday, probably. Yes. Right. Yes, I did. Look, let's let's get right to this whole uh, scoring slash box issue that happened on Sunday because you know, holding that aside, this was a premier event that really showcased all of the existing barbecue sanctioning bodies. Number one, and then giving them the opportunity to go up against each other. Number two, and I don't think that it would be fair where this particular item mars what is otherwise a great and potentially signature event going forward. So uh, let's talk about what happened, uh, where the error was, and then immediately how it was rectified and how it ends up shaking out at the end. Well, it, it was very simple. There's, yeah, I can give you a whole bunch of, uh, you know, uh, set up, but I don't really want to. There there was a sheet they used to sign in the boxes of chicken with the team numbers on it. A team noticed that it didn't match their box number. Very diligent person. The last day we didn't re renumber the boxes. And so the person accepting the boxes said, thank you very much. And got all the box. There were, there were two box numbers that were correct. Uh, Darren and um, Tim. Tim yeah. So they, he fixed it. And all the boxes were judged properly. And by the way, there's a lot of innuendo, of course, what happened the other days and suggesting that there was foul play or ill, you know, it, the poison has been kind of funny, but <laughs> the, ju- the boxes were judged correctly. The problem is data entry was moved to where it was quiet about a quarter of a mile away because um, we were at a racetrack mm-hmm. and they said, oh, there's no race that day. But actually, there was everybody who owned a performance car in New Orleans. And so we did that. And the problem was the correction didn't make it to the data entry. It was that simple. Okay. And at the end of awards, uh, somebody mentioned that, you know, the, the problem in the beginning. And our rep said, let me check. And right away, they realized, they realized the error. Yep. Uh, and I want to tell you that I never, I would never, um, I would never allow something like this to happen. Okay. And I would never brush it under the carpet, but I didn't even get that chance because our reps are so ethical. They announced right away, please don't go anywhere. Hmm. We have a problem. The results are under review. At that point, um, Tuffy was just, Tuffy could have been a celebrity and gone yeah, off. And, head for and, the hills, right? 
Right. He's a celebrity. No, Tuffy is a very good man. And Tuffy, Tuffy and I met with um, Chris at Heavy Smoke, and I, we got Darren to help out, and we figured out what happened. We were very transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, we unfortunately restated the, the awards. Uh, but you know what? It, there's a lot of moving parts to to a contest like this. A lot of you, using a first time scoring system. I want to emphasize that the scoring system wasn't the problem. It was simply a, a numbering issue of which I've sent you that you've seen it. Yes. Okay. Yep. You've seen the right and the wrong. So what happened right away as part of it is you know we just uh, Facebook Live and uh, <laughs> the beauty of technology mm. the hate started right away. Oh, of course. And, but be- before we could say anything, uh, Lawrence Smithfield came up and said, listen, we don't want to take any checks the way that we've given. Good. So we're going to honor the checks like Heavy Smoke got for $6,000. They can keep the check. Hmm. Okay, And what we'll do is we'll make up the difference to anybody else who is short. And I thought that was awesome. And especially yeah. uh, some of the people in the St. Louis threads were blaming Smithfield for this. All Smithfield did was believe in a vision, help us develop it, pay hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then when there was a problem, reach back in their pocket without me asking. Right. And I also want to let you know something you don't know. I got an email today from Smithfield saying they've been thinking about it, and they didn't think that it was quite fair that some teams got more money. So the four teams that didn't get more money we just sent them through Smithfield another $1,500 each. You're kidding. No. Wow, we. I mean, they, they really boned out. Well, they, they always do. Wow, we. And I'm not just saying that. that that's one of the reasons why we work with them. They're, yeah. they're a phenomenal company that has a heart. Look, they could have fired me on the spot, okay? We, But we made it through three days. It was so cool. We're ready to high-five each other, and then it's like, it's like if you're a cook and you see the rep coming to you with, you know, with the box in his hand. It's that feeling you can't quite <laughs> uh, describe, but it's not a good feeling. Right. Um, it was embarrassing, and uh, but I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't out of any negligence. It wasn't out of any sloppiness. It was just a mistake, pure and simple. And uh, you know, which leads me to one thing: we fixed the mistake, and yes. we still feel terrible about it. Of course, but. Man, if barbecue doesn't start giving some due diligence or getting nicer on <laughs> social media, I mean, Sonny's is gone, King of Smokers is gone, Sam's is gone, yeah. and thank God Smithfield didn't leave. So, again, it was a, a mistake on my team, which makes it my mistake, okay? And of which I apologize to the teams. I apologize to some of the fans out there that got the wrong information. It was never our intention. Um, and you know, it was, what was really interesting is to look at the scoring system though, because we, we didn't think it was fair. First of all, Greg, do you mind if I go back to the beginning? No, I, I was, was going to ask idea. you to, to set it up anyway. So go ahead. Okay. I got this crazy idea two years ago that sure the Jack and the Royal, the different sanctioning bodies get together, but wondered if we, um, had a, had a points chase for a year and brought 24 of them together for a triple header. Now, I stole the triple header idea from Darren Ward. When I first met Darren, he says, you want to know what a real championship is? Double elimination. <laughs> last man standing the last, last day. So that's totally Darren's um, idea, and I've always been fascinated by the concept of it because every other major is pretty much one contest. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, as the Jack proved this year, Again, the, the, the tables have a lot to do with it. Sure. Now, you can't completely take the tables out. So I mentioned it to Emily Detweiler, the new CEO of KCBS. She said, I think that's a great idea. Deidre signed off on it. Um, Scott Saunders, the then president, it had to go to the president because it was a big number, and Bob Darrell, the number two guy there, they signed off on it and encouraged us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we built a team, and the first person I called was Mark Kinney. Martini of Barbecue Data was unbelievable. Through initially, before we knew who could qualify, I had a choice. I could I could try and qualify and cook for it, mm-hmm. or I could promote it and run it and sponsor it. 
And I ended up qualifying, but I withdrew because I felt like it was only right that I, yeah. you know, I keep creating these, these contests and I can never cook them, but <laughs> I did qualify for it. Um, anyway, we built a team and the original team had Tuffy on it. Uh, Luke Darnell was involved. Mm-hmm. Darren was involved when it looked like Darren was going to, um, was going to qualify. He was kind of, <laughs> we 86 him, which is hard to do because, you know, I think Darren is one of the greatest guys in barbecue. Yeah. And, uh, he's got a great barbecue mind, and I hate saying nice things about him on, on the radio, but, I mean, he was very helpful. But then from there, the team became uh, Edge Marketing, Energy, which is an event company, mm-hmm. Big Papa Smokers. We were on the ground. Um, uh, Hunter, and let me see, there's one other agency. But uh, we were very well supported also by Dion from Edge and, and Laura Paul came into this late and she was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, but we were able to get Yeti, Kingsford, Big Papa Smokers, uh, the uh, butcher shop in Pensacola, A9, Whistle Pig. Uh, whiskey was unbelievable. And Abita, the local beer. Mm. We had T. Wayne, who had passed away, but he's a legendary former com- competition barbecue cook, but uh, also a very, very good caterer down there. And it, he died in the middle of it, but the people oh. that took it over, Bobby, did just an unbelievable. The food was unbelievable. Hmm. And this is, um, you know, for the folks that don't know, so you, you over the course of the year, you accumulate points regardless of sanctioning bodies. And then the uh, top 24 head to New Orleans for a three-day event. You cook on a Friday. You cook on a Saturday, uh, eliminating six at a clip. And then you have your final six set up on Sunday. And technically, now no, you have the, the no, best. Twelve went home the first day. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, twelve went home the first day. That's right. Okay. One of the things we had to do is create a whole different judging program, and we a scoring program, which was very interesting. And I learned a couple of things. Also, it was a meat provided contest with a butcher shop of Pensacola providing the chicken and the brisket, and Smithfield doing the ribs mm-hmm. and the, uh, the butts. Yep. And by the way. Um, Fred is a Smithfield cook, but cooks the normal black label, non-enhanced. And when he got there, he goes, you know, I've never cooked extra tenders before. He goes, thanks a lot, buddy. And I said, that's <laughs> what I cook. And it's what like, and uh, he won ribs all three days. So huh. I think he has a new license plate that says extra tender. Yeah, biggest fan. So <laughs> a couple of reasons why we had to create a new scoring system. And the scoring system is that, number one, you can't say it's, kind of like a chance for the different sanctioning bodies to compete and then use IBCA or KCBS's scoring because it would certainly um, give a benefit to that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is it's such a tight field. I really felt like that it might end up, if we use KCBS, it might look like the American Royal Dessert where there's nine one eighty. So it gave us an opportunity to do what we all talk about by the solo stoves or, you know, we're sitting in our chairs is, you know, if you could do a new scoring system, what what would you do? It was very interesting to me because I wanted to start by changing what the categories we were judging by were. And so instead of appearance and there was no garnish, we had a presentation score mm-hmm. because at this level you should be judged how you how you present the food like a chef does or anybody else. I mean, how many times do you see a really ugly box that won the category that day? And that's because the weighting on the uh, appearance is so much less than the others. Mm-hmm. So everything was weighted evenly. The next thing wasn't tenderness like KCBS. It was texture. We felt it was better identify uh, texture and describe texture and judge texture than tenderness. Uh, the last one, instead of taste, was flavor. But we added a fourth category. And what we did is just like I would imagine that you just judged the American Royal Dessert or Jack Daniels, and there were A180s, but there was certainly one that you liked the best. Yeah. So what we added is that, let's say, I, I think the best way to explain this is Let's say you go to a contest and you get a 999 from a judge and the next guy gets a 999 from him and the next guy gets a 959 because we're talking KCBS judging, just joking. But not all 999s are the same. They're not They're not necessarily going to like, they're going to have a favorite out of those 999s. 
So what are we doing there? Sorry. So what what we did is we added a um, a chance for them to really comparative judge and actually rate from one to six their favorite, the one they wait in the line for, the one they wanted to eat. Okay, and you got four bonus points for first. You got three for second. I think in two for third, and nothing for fourth, fifth, or sixth. Mm-hmm. So how this worked was on. Let me just move this around here. On the first day where it got shrunk down to 12 teams, the bonus points did not affect who the final 12 were. But it did affect the order in which they finished. But it was the same amount regardless of the bonus. And there was some concern that the bonus points were too much. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bonus points for Fred Robles, which uh, he was tied with J.D., was 6%. So if you figure that the others were valued at 30 31, 31, 31, or whatever. The bonus, although it played an important role, it was only 6% on average of what it affected. But it didn't change who went home the first day. It did the second day, okay? And the other problem you have in a lot of the contests are a lot of ties. Every tie we had, the first tiebreaker was the bonus points. And... We only went, in all the ties we had, we only had to go to the second one, which was flavor, mm-hmm. one instance. So what the bonus points, adding the fourth category, and actually we proved that just as you got a 12, 11, because it's a two through 12 contest, it didn't end up being a three number contest like most KCBS seven, eight, nine. It was pretty much eight, seven to 12, mm-hmm. really eight to 12, so four to five. Am I, are you staying with me here, Greg? Yep, yep. I'm just trying to get, I guess, a lot of things to talk about, and I know I've got a short period of time. Um, but the bonus points did determine it. What it also did is it balanced the tables, okay? It helped balance the tables and bring the things. There was a 5% swing in scoring between first and 12th place on the first day. Hmm. There was a 46 percent swing between one and six on the second day and there's a 2.3 percent on the last because oh, wow. the last six were one table yeah. there was one percent between the gc and the rgc okay um well, there was no mysterious coin flip uh, the same different in tables but not too extreme um they won tables, have one table about five. Now, it's funny. People looked at this and said, well, we had a table of death. But there were only four tables the first day, everybody in it. Well, that's because that table they were calling the table of the death was 2.7% lower than the day's average. Hmm. But the real truth is we had an angel table that was 5.5% higher. Hmm. So it was uh, the average was 34.88 versus 32.12 uh, between the tables. But what we did was we analyzed the data after every day. I said, first of all, also to understand the people that know me, I don't believe that organizers or promoters or anybody should be in the judging tent but the reps, table captains, and judges. It's not a place where you distract, snoop, hang around. So I, I do a judging meeting and I leave. Now, I did return to the judging tent every day after the awards and after the judge went home, and we went over every score. And uh, there was one judge who was a little bit off, mm-hmm. but we, we, we talked to him, and he was fine the next couple of days. So it, it, we learned a lot, and I wish we didn't have the, the blemish, but so much good stuff happened. But let's talk about the winners. You got Fred Robles at Rio Valley Mead, and you know, Freddie won the American Royal last year. Yeah. He's, he's just a tri- All these guys are such good cooks. And... Um, so it was Real Valley Meat followed by Buckshot. Now, Fred won by eight points. Buckshot finished a point ahead of Darren. Darren finished a point ahead of Adam Gutthrone, Cajun Blaze. Shake and Bake was two behind that, and Evie Smoke was 17 from first, which is nothing. Wow. So, I mean, it was, it was tight. The categories were tight. And uh, um, I think a triple-header prove that it's a very good way to settle a national championship 
I think some teams were still going strong. Some teams were absolutely dragging by the last day. And I think on day number three, with those final six, I mean, to have it that tight, I mean, that's exactly what you want. You have the best of the best going up against each other. You wouldn't expect there to be a 20-point difference between you know one and six. No, but you'd also, I mean, man, I'll tell you what, I don't think I'd want to be on that final table. I mean, it was it was one table of six, judging the last six. And uh, I was very impressed with the judges. I loved our reps, Kelly and Kathleen and Stephen Mariellis. Uh, I I got a shout out to um, Jesse, the big Papa Smokers. Mm-hmm. She always uh, takes care of everything. James the Flame Perez was working the room. Ishmael and Christina from Big Papa Smokers. I mean, there was a high percentage of staff. And again, like people say, how can you make a mistake? We did. But we fixed it. And you know something? We could. It. This was, I would have never known. If the refs had said there's no problem, I would have believed it because I could believe sure. Chris won the first set. Of course. And Cajun Blaze. But guess what? That's not how the people on this team are. We don't want the wrong person. We don't want to hide behind a mistake. And oh, and by the way, like the, the the other teams probably don't want to garner awards that they technically didn't win. I mean, this is a proud bunch here. Oh well, first of all, let me tell you something. It was such a great group of guys, and and I didn't know Chris, and I, and he cooks with his dad, which I think is just awesome. And he is an awesome cook and a great positive. And I'm not just saying it because we embarrassed. I enjoyed Chris a lot, and I think he'll tell you we spent a lot of time. Uh, I got to know a lot of people that I that I didn't know from just the normal KCBS circuit. But you know, one of the things, and I don't want to be too negative. But one of the things some of the guys commenting on was that that we were disrespecting sanctioning bodies. And I said, well, wait a minute, everybody's allowed we in. Really, well, and <laughs> we could have easily left. BCA out, sure. St. Louis, or right. you know, but I think what we were doing was trying to give, trying to point out the barbecue is bigger than one sanctioning body, and we're also trying to prove that just because we have house, kind of household names and art thing, that in these other areas, these their cooks are unbelievable. Yes, and by the way, of course, in the in the, in the final six, Greg, every sanctioning body was represented. Yeah, right. So I think I think it was a good thing. Right. And let me tell you something else. Wait, it was it's another opportunity to cook for six to I think the price first once Smithfield paid the price for Oof. the mistake, I think it was a sixty seven thousand dollar price. Wow, we and I believe I believe we treated the teams really well. I believe that they, they didn't want for anything. And um you know, the, the, the sponsors, like I said, yeah. Kingsford, Yeti, uh, Bita, Whistlepig, Big Papa, uh, Butcher Shop, uh, you know, the, the, the staff from all were so committed and worked so hard. I mean, I don't think anybody, I mean, there were tears shed over this thing. And by the way, I talked to five of the six. I didn't talk to Heavy Smoke after the whole thing had transpired. And there were, it was nothing but love, nothing but appreciation. Everybody just happy to be there. Everybody to you know happy to make it past one day to the next day. So um, I, I think if what we can all glean from this is a you guys stood up, uh, owned the mistake, quickly remedied it, made the right adjustments. Smithfield steps up huge and says whoever got a check isn't going to give it back, and we're going to pay uh, extra money out uh, to people that probably we don't have to, but we're going to do the right thing and make sure everybody is paid. Then you mentioned they're sending additional fifteen hundred dollars to folks that didn't. Uh, actually uh, win that. They're just trying to make everybody whole here. And it, it was a great uh, event to put up all sanctioning bodies who ultimately on the last day, uh, all sanctioning bodies represented are going after each other. It's exactly the way you want it to go. Yeah, and I'll say I learned that I don't want to present a scoring system to anybody. Because <laughs> this, one, this one worked beautifully, but <laughs> every, every team that went over the end probably... Uh, had an issue with it. It's really hard telling somebody that the reason why you went home was that 
that your food was good, but the judges like somebody else's food better. Yeah, nobody wants I'm to hear that. Who, let me tell you who loved it, the judges. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Because they say they compare to judge anyway after it's done. Uh, two quick so, questions, Sterling, before I let you go, as we're quickly racing out of yeah. time. Uh, does Smithfield give you any idea if this will continue into 2020, this event specifically? Yes. Yes, they are going to do it? No, they gave me an idea. All right. Uh, is that positive or negative? <laughs> well, you know, I think it's positive. I think that, you know, we, we got hit with really bad weather. It was very cold. Um, I think we're going to look at moving to the spring uh, 2021 and start the um, points chase mm-hmm. at an appropriate time in 2020. Uh, listen, I, it's not safe. And... All I'd like to say is everybody give everybody benefit of the doubt there in barbecue, especially if you had no skin in the game. You know, Chris was, we embarrassed Chris. We embarrassed Frank Cajun Blaze. I mean, we're Steve Steve Harvey on steroids. But they had skin in the game, and they understood it. And they were so kind to us, okay? And they said, we don't want anything we didn't earn. But, ouch. And I said, absolutely. I mean, I just want to say again, that. Try, let's try and be nicer because we're running sponsors off with people who don't have a skin in the game most of the time complaining. Look, I expect to take shots. Greg, you know this. I've taken shots since I stepped into barbecue. Sure. Um, I've taken shots over this. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they mm-hmm. kind of forget that I, in 10 years I have brought a lot of money into barbecue yeah. other people's money. Well, will will you continue to do events? Will you continue to promote and put on events? Uh, if Smithfield wants me to, I'll do it. I really don't want to do it anymore. To be honest with you, I took so many too shots many over shots. the years like Kitty Pig, King of the Smoker. It's fine. Hey, look at, but this time we did something right. Where I deserve the team deserves some shots, which means I deserve some shots. Mm-hmm. We made a mistake, and it was a public mistake. We fixed it. And otherwise, it was a, a, a brilliant event as testified by the final six and everybody else that showed up and uh, the influencer were, uh, was out there uh, promoting the event and having a great time. So aside from that issue, uh, you know, 99% of it was gangbusters. So we'll see if it re-shows up yeah. in. Well, yeah. I have, I have to say one thing. Since Mark. Emily that was there. We had representatives from the different sanctioning bodies there, IBCA, director at large, the president of the BCA, Emily Duttweiler for KCBS. This wasn't a threat to KCBS. This wasn't a threat to IBCA. This is trying to unify barbecue. Right. But before I leave, I have to say once again, that Tuffy Stone is one of the finest men, too. Didn't hide. Like I said before, Tuffy could have cratered. He could have turtled. Tuffy was, I mean, he, he insisted on doing the original speech. I said, Tuffy, me, no, I'm not going to let you. I'm doing it. So I just want to let you know that, you know, we talk about barbecue family. We talk about friends and meat and family and, and barbecue family and, and Tuffy, Darren, Emily, all those people were just unreal. And, and Laura and Smithfield. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. If they didn't step up, I don't want them to hear this. There might have been a fat bald guy who did. Oh, okay, but I'm glad they did. Yeah, right. Always. Well, uh, you've uh, you've done it, Sterling. Once again, uh, Sterling Ball. He is the pit master of Big Papa Smokers. Are you going to be cooking this weekend, Sterling? Or are you going to take a week off? No, there's no comps until oh. New Year's Eve. Oh, great! All right, so you got some time to relax. Anything special for Thanksgiving going on? Yeah, I'm cooking a new cast iron spatchcock turkey. I'm cooking them all week to show up for social media. It's my new. Unbelievable way of cooking jerky. Stephen Reichland you says you should. N- Stephen Reichland says you should not be spatchcocking turkey. I don't know if you heard that. Great. Yep. And he thinks and he thinks beer makes a difference instead of chicken. So or even. <laughs> all right. Uh, get all of your barbecue supplies, please, at BigPapaSmokers.com, and be on the lookout for the next appearance of the Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer Sterling Ball. Sterling, thank you so much. Thank you, Greg. You got it. There he is, Sterling Ball. I don't know uh, if that's what they call owning it, but Sterling owning it, uh, perhaps even you know too much. I mean, uh, I, 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 
it as he says is it a is it a is it a black eye sure i said i black eye yes i guess but there was there was probably an opportunity for somebody before it got to somebody else to kick it under the rug nobody would have really questioned anybody winning because the teams are so good but the uh, issue was brought up ownership was taken immediately they correct the situation sucks right sucks to go from first on the sucks from going to winning the last day to going to finishing last the last day that sucks reserve you know slide back to fifth or fourth or whatever it was i think it was fifth that blows there's no doubt about it. there's no two ways about it but to a man they said if we didn't earn that spot we really don't want it sure, certainly it sucks but we don't want to do that otherwise Smithfield steps up. Nobody loses money. In fact, people left with more money technically than they should have because of where they finished. I've always said money seems to make everything a little bit better, right? Get that overall yank from you, but you get to keep the $6,700 check for finishing last on the last day. So that makes everything a little bit better. So everybody did the right thing. Ownership is taken. Accountability is taken. The buck stops with Sterling and his team as he... Uh, willingly took shots for Smithfield steps up. It's great. There you go. That's your recap of Smithfield. We are way long here, so I got to figure out how I am going to run back on. We'll have an abridged second hour. So refresh your libations. That was Sterling Ball, bigpapasmokers.com. And we'll be back right after this. Stick around.